Welcome to Life Uninhibited. I'm your host, Kristen Messagy, Enneagram 6, Life Coach for Sixes. This is a fun conversation with my new friend, fellow six, Emily Aborn, all about curiosity, what it is, what it isn't, and how this mixes together with a lot of automatic sexy patterns. It was very fun to record. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, sixes, welcome back. I have an interview I'm very excited to do. I love starting and having a topic and not knowing what cool thing is going to be created by the end. And I know this is going to be a good one. No pressure, Emily. So today I have Emily Aborn, who we pretty much just met, I would say. So yep. Emily showed up in my DMs. Hey, love what you're doing. Fellow six, listening to your podcast, blah, blah, blah. And we chatted a little bit more. And then you made a reference to your podcast because you have podcasts, two podcasts, two podcasts. And then I went to listen to one of your podcasts and immediately had an identity crisis because I was like, oh no, this is a real podcaster. She's really, oh no. And I panicked because this is how I live my life. And I felt just like inferior and like, why is she even talking to me? I mean, this is just what happened. I'm just telling the truth here. And then I got my head together because that's just what my brain offers. And I know that those are just thoughts that happen for me. And so now we are here together. So I just want to tell that story because I think it's hilarious. And I think it's always good to remind sixes that when our brain does automatic things, it doesn't mean anything. Sometimes it's just something we have to get through. And since I did, we get to be here together. So that's my story. Please introduce yourself. And yeah. I am so excited to be here. And you're not giving yourself enough credit. Oh. Um, I want to say this. You are the first Enneagram 6 I think I have ever found that has a podcast only about Enneagram 6. And a lot of people don't do it right. I'm not gonna... <laughs> obviously. Um, but a lot of people just don't understand. And I feel very misdescribed in most of these other shows about sixes, like when they'll, you know, do the six segment or the six episode or whatever. Yeah. And when I listen to your episodes, I'm just like, oh my God, this human is living my life. She's in my brain. So mm. I say that to say, you're not giving yourself enough credit. You are pro. And one thing I, I know or I have a hunch about you is that you don't even like, I don't think you have some like in-depth outline for your show. No. And, and I think you just go and I'm like, how does she do that? Like I have oh. like preparation for every show. It's like hours of research. So to it your... It comes across though. I mean, it sounds so professional. Whereas right, I but feel like there's mine nothing sounds... To say Pluses Nothing. and minuses. Yeah. yeah. I like the conversational approach is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to receive that because I'm practicing and I, you know, I'm like, okay, you know what you're talking about. So yeah, I'm going to receive that. I will say this too. It's been uh, to get to actually be the more nuanced version of myself to really talk things through as opposed to being so constricted as we are on other platforms has been 
just a gift to myself. And I think this is what other sixes are resonating with because we don't think in snippets. We don't think in sound bites. We don't think in shortnesses. <laughs> like you'll always say, yeah, you're so right. You'll say, this is what I think. And then you're like, oh, I'm now realizing the reason that I think that is because, and right. then I'm like, oh yes, me too. I, I get it. Now we've taken the little train ride together and we've all arrived at the station. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah. instead of someone else trying to talk about what a head type is, it's like, I'm being the full head type. Yes. With more lifetime, and more lifetime in the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so really only sixes are going to be able to tolerate it. First of all, like if someone can get through a podcast of mine, I'm like, oh, you're probably a six. Anyway. Okay. Thank you for all that. I thank you. I'm going to receive it. Now let's talk about you. Who are you? Um, all right. Where do you, you want me to start with who, what I do for work? Yeah. What you do for work. And then we'll chat about the Enneagram piece. And then, okay. and then sixes, we're going to talk about curiosity and sixes. This is our your topic and it's going to be awesome. Get curious about get curious, Get excited. <laughs> um, so I am a content copywriter, meaning I do the content portion, which is like blogs and emails and social media and that kind of thing. And also website copywriting with SEO. And I'm also a podcaster of currently two podcasts, but who knows... Who knows? There may be more. So I have a podcast where I get to interview women entrepreneurs and like put on my curiosity hat and ask them all the questions that I have for them. And then a podcast where I just get to share my own unique thoughts. And that is called Content with Character. And it is my little baby and pride and joy. And it's so good. If you are someone who needs that kind of content, it's so good. I've just listened to a few episodes and I'm like, oh, like I need to take notes. It's so useful. Yeah, I really love it. That's why I panicked. Okay. (laughs) Now let's talk about the Enneagram a little bit. So how long have you known you were six? What was that like? Did you know right away? Okay. The very first personality book I read was when I was like seven. My parents (laughs) had this book. I'm not joking. Oh, I believe you. Oh, I believe you. My parents had this book called The Personality Tree, and it breaks into melancholy, phlegmatic, sanguine, and there's one more, choleric. And I remember reading that and taking the little quiz, and it was like, sanguine. And I was like, that's not right. And my parents were like, yes, you are sanguine. It's sparky sanguine. That's what you are. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I have the most melancholy, dark days. Like, it just didn't feel right. Like, how can I pick from these four personality types? How do we define sanguine? Uh, Sanguine's like very like upbeat and personable and friendly and positive. So that's what you present as and apparently always have. Yes. But you also have this. Okay, yeah, got it. Go on. Yeah. So that was sort of when I was like, personality is absolutely fascinating to me. And I should have been a psychology major. For some reason, I did health. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what happened there. But so fast forward to my first uh, job out of college, I was working for a chiropractor and she had us take like human design, gram, yeah, all the Going things. Yep. Like mm-hmm. we were always taking personality things. When we took the Enneagram, I was like, this is not right. Like I identify, I think I came up as a one. So Mm. then I just put it all aside because I'm like, person, oh, and then the Myers-Briggs. Like I could never, I was getting a different Myers-Briggs every time I took the (laughs) test. Like I hate all of these. They're stupid and I don't have a personality and you can't put me in a box. So personality. (laughs) Can't put me in a box. 
fast forward to a couple of years ago, I met a friend, Christina Granaham, who is an Enneagram coach for like all Enneagram types. Um, and she was kind of walking me through. She recommended a whole bunch of books. I must have read them all seven times. And I'm like, no, I still cannot figure out what Enneagram type I am. Like, mm-hmm. I could not land on it. And I would ask all my friends, like, which one do you think I am? I asked my husband, like, we'd sit and take the test together. I'm like, let's do it again. Let's take it again. <laughs> like, this isn't right. Can we and just take I, a quick, quick pause? How sexy is it to exactly. ask everyone? Oh, it's so good. Okay. Go on. And I think I saw it as a problem to solve. Like, I think that's how I was approaching mm. it. I'm like, I will put this puzzle together. I will make the pieces fit perfectly. Cause like in my mind, it was like, I was watching all of these descriptions, all of these instincts, all of these pieces. And I wanted yeah. it to fit perfectly into this little puzzle that was like, oh, that is 100% me. And so I was taking it very like literally and very like every single piece had to fit or else it was like a no-go. So when I would, you know, I mean, I must have listened to 30 hours of podcasts on different panels and like, like literally in what kept you in. I just had to solve it. Like I had to figure out which one I was. So I sit here now and say, I'm fairly sure I'm a six. But it could be different. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Have you ever explored tri-type or the instincts, any of those deeper? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So so that came up uh, six to nine. And that felt good. That felt right. Six to nine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, well, let's just go with that. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, as I sit here today, I say to you, I, th- I mean, everything I read that is... Like, like when my husband leaves for work in the morning, my first thought is like, he might die today. So oh, yeah. I can look at that kind of train through my entire life and realize like that is what drives my decisions and my choices. And that's how I feel mm. like, okay, it's really about looking at that core motivation, right? Like what yeah. is at the root of why I do what I do? Yeah. And I always come back to that. It's basically and also, like, and I was just telling my husband this yesterday that I don't think this gets, I just don't think this gets hit enough. It's the looking for authority, whether it is to align with them or push against them. Yes. And I don't think that sixes realize other people aren't doing that. I think that's one of the big things because we talk about safety and security and worry. And I'm like, but it's really deeply about authority. And do I know where I'm getting my information to, for what to think? And what to believe. I think that's even part of the journey is like when exactly. I was asking the people, like certain people, I'm like, well, they exactly. don't know me. They don't, I don't think I can believe them. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we, but until we know we're doing that, how would we know we're doing that? Yeah. We're just, just a circle. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. And also just not even realizing I'm poking holes in all of this. That that's just a sexy thing to do. Anyway, okay, thank you for that. That was really cool. I think a lot of people are actually going to really resonate with what you just said, and it's going to be really useful to them. Yeah, I hope so because I think I struggled over it unnecessarily, basically. Yeah. Like, and also, it. My friend told me she's like, "Stop trying to solve the problem. Just like, what? Right. Are, just stop. Just stop." <laughs> um, do you also find like what would be the benefit of landing? Like, sort of I, now that you're here. I genuinely don't know. And I think it was maybe, it was maybe like 
trying to identify with certain people and not want to identify with other people. Like if I saw like a one, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. Like I would see people that identified as different types and be like, no, 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 no. That one's not for me. That's so interesting. Okay. So it's still sort of though an open question of what's the benefit of knowing your type? I have no idea. (laughs) Keep listening to the podcast. Maybe you'll... figure something out. I'm trying to answer my own question. Yeah. What's the benefit of knowing your type? I mean, okay. I'll say this. I like to fix myself and, and work on myself. And so I think knowing, like, I'm like, okay, if I can just see the problems, then I could fix the problems, but I don't even know what the problems are. Cause I could be a four. I could be a three. I could be a two. I could be a seven. So it's like, well, I'm not going to fix any problems until I know what the problem is. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was like a diagnosis. So now knowing you're six, your quote problem is not having a strong connection to your own inner authority and outsourcing that maybe too freely. Yes, which is actually a huge problem and struggle for me. And I I often say, and I meant to ask you this question, um, I often say like, I don't have a gut instinct. Like, like like I don't, I'm just like, I don't know. It's not there. (laughs) I came without one. (laughs) Especially... If you are a 629, that makes all the sense in the world to me. One of my favorite things to do with people is to help them find their authority, what it actually feels like, what the sense of it is, because not everyone has a gut instinct. And I think that is some in the way that you can sort of rely on it regularly. Mm -hmm. Like you do have a gut instinct if you're like, I'm not going to eat that type of thing. Or you probably can think of some areas where you're just like, that's a no for me or whatever. Yeah. I'd say even with people and certain like environments, especially with environments, like if something's just like overstimulating or something, I'm like, I'm out, I'm out. So where do, where, if I could just mini coach you for a hot second, where do you know that in your body? Like if you're in an environment and you're like, this is a no for me, how do you know it's a no? Oh, I don't know. It's just like a full on like magnetic, like, <laughs> like okay. propel me out the door. Okay. So that just that sense would be what I would encourage you to explore. Yeah. That okay. is your knowing. We often, our head just comes in so fast to discount our knowing for all the bajillions of reasons that it does. But anyway, not to like put you on the spot, but that is really what is so much fun for me to do is like help sixes find it because we do have it but we all think it's supposed to be a certain way we think it's supposed to be we think it's like yeah or like some voice from the heavens or something telling us exactly yeah yeah I love that and I also love your reminder and I want to echo this for people too because this is something I'm working on is not to overthink your gut instinct because every single time I do I can look back and say "Mm, I should have listened to my gut I should have trusted what I felt in the beginning so So. even though you said your part of you is saying I don't have it there's this other part of you that's like I actually totally do and I know what it is so those are both just in there competing. All yeah. The time. Oh yeah. It's very yeah. fun. Good to know. It's okay. Like, well, I'm claiming you. I think you're six. Um. So let's move on. Like, yes. I'll take. I'll take the identity with this group. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It feels good here. Hang out with us. <laughs> Hang out with us. And if you if you leave us, Emily, no hard feeling. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> let's dive in to curiosity. Is. I love this topic so much because 
I think sixes as the questioners often think they're being curious when in fact, there is no curiosity on board. I wrote this sentence and tell me if this resonates with you. A lot of our questions come from a desire to confirm what we already know or what we want, like how we think things should be. Does that resonate for you? Yeah. And I'll give you like a sentence you might say to someone that might sound like that. So like if you, you know, if you, let's say you know the way you think something should be done and then somebody comes up with some other idea, you say, oh, I'm just curious as, as to why you decided to do it that way. Uh-huh. I'm <laughs> Meaning, just curious. Yeah, I'm just curious. Why did you decide to do X, Y, Z? Meaning you should have done That's right. <laughs> Z, Y, X. That's right. Do you think, because even the question why can be asked from genuine curiosity and from what we're talking about. It's like, why are you the way you are? <laughs> why would you do it that way? And something that I want to explore here is what curiosity, I consider it a feeling. I consider it an internal state that has us like admitting that we don't know with a desire to learn. Yeah. Admitting you don't know. <laughs> yeah. And this is why it's so painful, I think, for many sixes to actually inhabit because we're so desperate to know that actually being in a state of not knowing is, I mean, what, what do you, how does that land for you? I was remembering as we were kind of thinking about this episode, I was remembering when I was a kid and my parents would hide the Christmas presents in their closet, like before they would wrap them and I knew where they were. Mm -hmm. And I would go in before Christmas Eve and look through all of my gifts so that I would know what I was getting and I would know how to respond <gasps> when I opened the present. Like, so I was like, I can like prepare my expressions and like all of those things. So that was not about me being a curious kid opening my parents' closet being like, ooh, I wonder what's in here. Like, mm. it was just that sense of like, I need to know what to expect or kind of what is on the other side, right? And I do think that we misplace that curiosity with exactly that. Or like this, like, I just need more information. I just need to know oh gosh, more so that I can stop spinning my wheels, basically. It's like a, um, it's like a little safety blanket. It's a little safety blanket that the sort of non-curiosity, the sort of like yeah, clamoring for information. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I think that, okay, so let's explore what it feels like to be curious. Do you want to do this with me? Yeah. Okay. So, because I know what it feels like, my poor husband, I always use him for all of my examples on this podcast, but like- He loves it. Does he listen? No, he doesn't listen. But I mean, he oh. hears me talk about this stuff day in and day out. So essentially, he listens. <laughs> My husband he loves like, when I mention him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he listen in. I'm thinking of breaking the seal and have him being the first non-six guest. I'm considering this for a relationship episode. We'll see. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What's it like to be married to a six? Uh, no. What's it like to be married to a one? <laughs> oh. We'll, we'll go both ways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, um, yeah. Okay, that's a whole nother. Ra there you go, rabbit hole. Woo! I have a five, so same C's different. Like okay, same different, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I know what it feels like when I am saying, I just want to understand. Oh, I feel like it feels bad and heavy in my body, right? Like, I just want to know why you did that. I just want to know why. I think the word just, right? I think it's such a, I think it's such a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Because something that I talk about a lot in my relationship coaching is it feels so different to say, okay, so this thing happened and my brain and body did this. Mm-hmm. What would your brain and body do? Like, mm-hmm. and I desperately want to know because I don't know. And yeah. that, okay, so even describing those two, they felt so different in my body. So what do you, yeah. And then it's like a fascinating conversation. Yeah, which it goes back to that, like interest in other humans rather than just yeah. kind of like trying to put everybody in boxes. Trying to and fit yeah. everyone in the box yeah. so we don't all die tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, that is a perfect, I think, segue to your four definitions of curiosity, do you think? But first, I also just want to, did you feel that difference. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Have you experienced those? Yes. But I think that I don't do it very often. I think I do... I don't think I have genuine curiosity often about like, what is your experience? And tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that does go into these four types of curiosity because I think that they all apply. So the First one is fascination. Mm-hmm. So basically, there's four basic types of curiosity, and most people fit into one of these categories, no matter your type, no matter what you are. Is this um, from so a book or an article or a? You it's don't have from to a know. website. I'm not like okay, no, it's from a website, and I'll send it to you. Um, okay. So there's the fascinated. Those yes. are the people that like. Actually, that is a good example of a type five. I'll just use a type five as an example, but like they are just genuinely curious and in awe about like many, many topics and many, many things and they want to deep dive and they just want to like, they truly genuinely just want to learn and understand all the things. Yep. So that's the place that that is coming from. And then there's the problem solvers, which I would say, you know, a lot of sixes probably identify with, which is like, I'm curious because I want to solve the problem. Like I'm curious because I want the answer. I want the solution. I want to figure it out. Um, And then there's the empathizers, which I think is what you're talking about. And that's really coming from a place of being curious about other people. Like I want to understand other people around me and other people's experience and empathize with them. And then there's the avoiders. And as I told Kristen before we sat down to record, those people are probably not listening to podcasts, (laughs) specifically not these. (laughs) And they're not hanging uh, out here. Exactly. So avoiders are just people with like a very low uh, curiosity level that, you know, they kind of know what they know, they do what they do. And that's how things are. And we can probably all think of some relatives that we will see at upcoming holidays that fall into those categories. (laughs) boggles my brain. I'm like, do you even know what we do for work? Like, do you, have you ever asked us? <laughs> oh my gosh, seriously. And I, I'm just so boggled by that personality type. Okay. Yeah. They're definitely not hanging out here. <laughs> so I think one of the things that trips me up a lot in terms of the Enneagram is because of the way I'm wired, I think of it as a sort of compassion, empathy building tool. I don't see it being used that way. I see it being used as like the, oh, I get to just 
decide that somebody's a such and thus mm-hmm. and then bloody bloody blah, you know, in a very negative boxy way. Almost like then I know how to deal with them. Then, I know how to handle them. Yes, exactly. Which is not remotely curious. It's it's an internal state of then, oh, okay, then I can put my posture how I need to and then interact with this person in the way that, I mean, if we're talking sexiness keeps me safe, right? If we're going to. Okay. Another side to this coin. Sometimes we use curiosity as our, okay, how am I going to word this right? Like almost like a one-upper. So like, like let's use somebody at the family function, right? That is not curious. Then you're like, oh, I'm going to be overly curious and ask them all the questions and then hope that they'll reciprocate or like hope that they'll show some sort of interest here. Yes. So we almost use, or you can, or then you can walk away from the party and feel like, and this is like, very exposing of me, but then you can walk away from the party and be like, well, I, you know, I let them do all the talking and asked all the questions and they didn't ask me a single question. So I'm better. <laughs> totally. I I mean, I actually love, you know, we expose ourselves here on this podcast. This is what we're doing. <laughs> People are like, oh my God, someone's brain actually works like that. <laughs> That's yes. scary. Well, and I also just don't think how much, this is kind of a side note, but I don't think sixes like to own how much, and I'm just owning this fully, how much we kind of like to have that sense of better than this because we're so too, we can go either way so quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and this is what I'm always talking about. How are we positioning ourselves sort of above people or below people? And it's so automatic as opposed to this, just like, here we are with the people. And I think to get there, curiosity is one of the one of the balms right it's one of the antidotes to our fear truly yeah i don't think that we can be genuinely curious and fearful at the same moment i think we can go back and forth real quick <laughs> but and i just made that up i don't know if that's true but it feel it feels true to me I think that curiosity, I think you said it. I think curiosity is that courage piece inside of us. I think that is when, like, even when it comes down to trying something new, it's like, am I, like, I don't love trying new things. Um, So I know that when I do, I'm like stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm like, will I like this? Will I enjoy doing this with this person? Like, it's a very curious place Mm. rather than just like hiding in my house where I know is already comfy and cozy and is not leaving me curious and courageous. Totally. Okay. We only did... Okay, wait, hold on. (laughs) My brain is like, I want to see all of the things at one time. And it's very difficult to keep myself focused. I want to make sure I say this and then I, well, and then we'll just go from there. This, we're talking about this outward um, lens, basically, right? Yeah. Are, are we sort of acting curious, but we're not being curious, blah, 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 in relation to others. And something that I think is super important that we talked about before we started this is this is also the posture we take towards ourselves. So is our internal posture one of this curious fascination? and empathy? Or is our internal posture towards ourself? Why am I like this? Why do I do this? Kind of going back to your solving the problem, right? Like what's wrong with me is not Mm -hmm. a curious question. I'm going to plant a flag on that one. 
I think looking I on think Google, <laughs> looking on Google for your symptoms is not a curious. <laughs> That's not you being curious. <laughs> no, which is why, again, I feel like understanding the the body state of curiosity. Yeah. The body posture of fascination and empathy and compassion is such important work because I know when I'm like, Kristen, why are you like that? Why did you do that? Da, 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 da. I know how that feels. And one of the commitments I've made to myself is like, I don't leave myself there because that feels terrible. And then I'm like, into all the, I got to understand this better. And I got to understand this better. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's also why, sorry, I'm kind of on a monologue here. I love it. It's also why so much Enneagram stuff leaves me cold because it just isn't, it's not really inviting me to be fascinated and curious about myself. It really is this like, if you see yourself clearly, I don't know, take it from there. What, what do you No, mean? I think that like, it's almost like curiosity needs like a few extra little like legs to it, like courage, right? Yes. Uh, confession that you don't know the answer. Oh, and then God. maybe, and then maybe like also compassion. Like it has to kind of start. I think that when you say that curiosity comes from the body, I instantly go to compassion. Like I instantly go to like, how can I just like, genuinely understand this and not understand it up here. You know, how can I understand it with my heart? I'm like, mic drop. I don't <laughs> want either of us to like drop our mics because we're talking into them. But I'm like, yes. And one of the things about sixes, okay, I actually want to like, before we do that, I want to write down this curiosity stool that you just created. So it was curiosity and the three legs you said were courage compassion. Do you remember your third? Wasn't it another scene? Like, like a confession you don't know. Oh God, so good. You can, you can rename it whatever you like. <laughs> but I love this and I'm going to like, I don't know. I'm going to... So it that. can be our Venn diagram. We can make a Venn diagram. <laughs> I drew a little stool, but I, li I like that too. Okay. Yeah. All the images to come to a coaching session near you. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> this is part of what happens in my podcast is I feel like I'm learning so much. That's probably why I'm having so much fun with it is I learn so much in conversation. And so I become a better coach. You, you picked out another part of curiosity. It should feel fun. It should <sighs> feel like a magnetic pull towards not yes. trying to find something to repel from. And I think that's the switch. When we're asking, why am I like this? Or why are you doing it that way? It's like, I want to push this thing far away from me. It's a curiosity. Distancing. It's a distancing yeah. mechanism. Yeah. Like, my parts episode from last week. It was like, okay, what are these protectors? How yep. do they directionally move us? And you just described it. When we're distancing from people and when we're yeah. trying to change them and we're trying to convince them, we are just not in a curious state. Yeah. And when we are, it truly does open up. And I think this is why it's so scary too, is because it actually opens up space for more genuine intimacy which is actually quite terrifying. I haven't talked about that in topic, but yeah, that's a topic. That's a whole thing. So I'm curious if you match this experience on the, on the receiving side. So 
because my brain is doing this, and I would I would imagine this is specific to Six's interpretation of when someone else says, I'm just curious, or when someone else asks why, we, I, instantly put up my defense. Like, oh my God, they're judging me. They think I did it wrong. There's a typo somewhere that I didn't <laughs> say it as concisely as I should have. Like, I've already done this. And then I'm just like, I do not want to hear your curiosity question. It does not sound like curiosity. It sounds like judgment. And I imagine that is because that's, how I often use it. <laughs> but I also just want to honor your knowing there because I think that a lot of times we are probably, you're probably right. And so then what, so I, yes, to your question, I, I'm very sensitive to it because I, and maybe this is just like a negative, I just think this is true. I don't think most people are curious. And yeah. so when people are asking me about me, I just, I feel like I can feel it and I trust. Yeah. That. Yeah. And so I do my work around that depending on who, what is this relationship and like, what do I want to do with the fact that I know that's not a curious question. You know what I've learned to do a lot of times is just ignore, which feels very, um, I mean, I've kind of had to get here because my sixiness wants to be responsible to everyone's questions and blah, blah, blah. But I've really learned to just ignore. And if someone is actually curious, they'll ask again. Oh my gosh. I love that you're saying this because <laughs> when I was like, when I just now shared that, uh, it makes me feel better knowing that sometimes that that is an accurate reading on the situation. <laughs> I am not about sixes gaslighting themselves. Like that's kind of yeah. like my, my oh anti. My so I, yeah, like sure. Maybe sometimes there's some projection there, but I think more often you're probably just right. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get to decide. Right. So this, so let's say I know someone's asking me a question and I can just tell that it's from, they're trying to get some need met that is not about actually being curious about me. I still can decide I'm going to answer that or I'm not. I'm not, I don't necessarily withhold because of that, but I decide. Yeah, that's that, good. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of like sit with that defensive feeling. Yes. Decide what you're going to do with it and then carry yeah. on. And then maybe I want to give a gift and answer the question or maybe I literally just ignoring, I think is such an, especially because so much of communication is asynchronous. Mm-hmm. But even in an actual conversation, it's pretty easy to just not answer something. And then if it, do you, do you know what I'm saying? I feel I'm like losing myself as I'm saying it, but I had it. I find it. Okay. Yes, it is. And I also find myself needing to dot all the T's or dot, dot all the I's and cross all the T's and answer their questions because I remember their questions and I remember when they don't answer my questions. So I keep track of like, oh, you never actually answered that question. <laughs> and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is all what's happening um, in the mind. And I guess I just want to acknowledge it because <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> and I think to me, it's felt, like I said, this kind of been a journey. It's felt a little bit courageous and radical. Yeah. Yeah. To just let some things lie and then let some people just have their experience with that. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. It's like conversational ghosting. <laughs> oh, it is. It really is. But I think, you know, it's for me, it's just all about 
am I choosing myself really in every moment of my life? And so much of what I just heard you describe is like so familiar to me, but it's, it's just kind of being in that swirl of like, am I getting, am I feeling safe? Can I trust this person? Can I like all these sort of questions that we have going on in the background, the more we just, I don't know. I know I'm genuinely curious. I know when I'm not, I know I trust myself pretty solidly. So it's like the rest of it kind of just becomes noise. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's been one big learning for me this year specifically, and also through the Enneagram journey is like learning. I have my own back and like, that's, that's who needs to have my back. And so I don't need to go look to all of these people to have them have my back because I can do it for myself. Um, it's not, I'm, this is a work in progress. This is a work in progress. <laughs> this is like I mean, a moment This is our moment. life's work if we're sixes. So that's just real. The other thing we can add curiosity in those kinds of moments. And I wish we had a specific example. So if anything comes up in your mind, let me know. But like if someone asks a question and it feels defensive or whatever to, to ground and ask, do you really want to know? That sounds very scary. <laughs> Tell me more. Why does that? I mean, I know, but I want to hear. Well, I just don't uh, face conflict head on. I usually am just like, let's just keep it over there. Okay, but this is what's so interesting. The fact that your brain just read that is conflict. Yeah. Even that, right? Yeah. It's so interesting just to pull out because that isn't necessarily conflict. It's just saying, hang on. Like, do you really want to know me? Like, this is just, I'm sorry. I'm just taking this in a million different directions, but I guess it's my podcast. I get to do this. I think people are here for it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think of my husband receiving my questions. And how sometimes I wish he was more graceful in this, but he will not let me cross his boundaries with my um, not curious questions masquerading as curiosity. Like he won't have it. And I have learned to respect, like I respect that so much, even though it pisses me off sometimes because I'm desperate to like get an answer from him. He knows when I'm desperate to get an answer from him, even if I'm trying to like dress it up in (laughs) 16 different costumes, because he's like, I feel what's coming at me. And I say no to that. You don't get to just take from me. And I've just like, man, have I learned a lot from that when I actually became curious about him and how he operates and not just being so like offended yeah. By the parts that I didn't like. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to use my husband as an example, too. They're just I, so good for the examples. Yeah, I they just, are. He's he's very, like, um, a, a, self-sufficient, but also really values that, like, alone time and, like, being private, right? Yes. And sometimes that can drive me 
nuts because I'm like, I must know everything that's happening in totally. the brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you, you don't get to be private. You have to tell me all the things. Um, and I always do admire his ability to hold his own boundary as well. And I think that doing that for our, like how often do we give ourselves that gift? You know, we, we don't as often. Um, don't. And I don't know why. Maybe we see it as bad or wrong or not generous. I'm not really sure. All of that. that I think from. I need to be said. curious. <laughs> yeah. But I think everything you just said is why. And I think this is actually really useful to talk about. Why aren't we more curious? And I think if we hang out in this sort of um, admitting, confessing that we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to, you want to do a little riff on why that sucks? Well, I'll say this. I think that when I'm thinking about next year specifically, I'm already asking myself, what else do I want to know? And that's a big, hard question because it's like, well, I already took the, you know, SEO course and I already took this and I already did this. Like, I already know this. But it's like, where do I actually want to go deeper and know more? Like, where do I not know that I need to learn more? So, I like it as a starting point for your next step. Like, and that's what curiosity really should be is a next step. Like it's movement, right? If you're not curious, you're not moving. You're just like stuck. To that openness again, right? It's an open posture. Yeah. And I think this is why it's so scary too. I also, um, okay, this is a little bit just... Just come, I'm just coming for you, Emily, because we're you're here to do this together. So when you look at next year and you want to know something, do you know the difference between I want to explore that and I should explore that, fill this hole, et cetera, et cetera? Do you have access to those different? Yeah. So for sure, you're right. Some of it is just like, I want to get better skills in this area. This is actually something I struggle with is like, what do I just genuinely want to know more about? Because I'm just actually curious about it. And if I answered that question, it's scary because it maybe has nothing to do with my business. Maybe it has nothing to do with improving the world or helping the world. You know, maybe I'm just like volunteering at the Humane Society and learning more about dogs. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just using that as a totally random example. What if it wasn't even volunteering? What if it was just... What if it's just like, I... (laughs) let me think of a good one. (laughs) I want to learn more about making sourdough bread. You know, like what if it's just like, I want to learn more about how to eat bread. Totally. Yeah. So I Permission to just do what you want. This might be a struggly place for sixes. Just like everything has to have some sort of sort of point or like some sort of like skill building or, you know, and that's to benefit someone else. Yeah. Yes. Then I can bring this back to my clients and tell them. I just spent, okay, I just did my first spend on my actual business in a very long time. And when I told my husband what I spent money on, he was like, you could see the relief and the, like, it's my business, my money, that's fine. But you could just, he was just like, good job, Kristen, because I just invest in courses and how do I... How do I be a better coach? 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 And that's great. But also I'm running a business and I forget to separate the two because one feels selfish, which hello, I'm running a business, but 
do you know what I'm saying? Like for me, and I'm actually curious about this for you too, just because this, I, this feels like a curiosity. Don't know. I genuinely feel like this conversation is riddled with actual curiosity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I feel, I feel this, but I also do feel a little bit of like, because I want you to tell me, right? So there's, it's like a both and. Okay. Like I'm genuinely curious, but I'm also like, how do I do this? I've only been doing this for five years. So my business brain gets very little airtime from me because I'm so committed to being the best coach, which that's not bad. That really benefits my clients. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. So how do you do that? Uh, can you ask it in a different way or like no. explore? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so like, how do you balance being a better copywriter, marketer, all these things and learning how to run your business and set mm. your prices and do all those like things that probably benefit you, right? And your bottom line and your family versus everybody else that you work with. Yeah. So those are the free trainings and the podcasts and the books, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. No, this is a very interesting realization, but that is how I balance it. I say, well, I do those things when I read books and listen to podcasts and go to workshops in the middle of the day. Totally. Okay. Mm -hmm. So interesting. I find that if I'm not actively learning a new coaching tool, I feel disoriented, mm -hmm. which is so ridiculous and clearly just it's not about curiosity. It's about... I actually am going to give you an example of both of us that we don't, when we don't do that, um, our podcasts. Right. I created my podcast for me, like 100%. I was like, if nobody listens to this, I'm still going to keep on doing it. I totally I'm going to keep on doing it. And I felt like I had to justify it. Like, oh, well, I'm going to be cutting back on this one, everyone. So don't worry. But then when I just said, you know what? I don't need to justify it. I can make it whatever I want and I can go for it. And like, I can uncomfortably put my face on the cover. Uh, it felt really, really good and really, really fun. And I get to have, just be curious with it. And it does, it sure, it does help my business. <laughs> but it's also just play. It's like a playground. So, and I think you might feel like that with yours too. I'm getting there. I really am getting there. The first, I would say 10 to 15 episodes did not feel like that at all, unless I was doing an interview. And I learned that very early on, like, oh, interviews are genuinely fun and easy because, and I do want to hang out here for a second. I do think the curiosity about others is, and I not all sixes have this, they don't all, but many, many, many of us are just so genuinely interested in others and interested in like the details of life and the nitty gritty and all of that, which I think is lovely. I think there is, as much as we can sometimes be like masquerading as curious with all these other things, yeah. I do think there is this interest in being a human that we really have in a so beautiful. What was the other side of that though that I was saying? Well, just to, to echo that, like when I do interviews, I feel the same exact way. Like my biggest compliment that people give me, whether I'm interviewing a person on my show or a client, they say, you ask the best questions. Yes. And I really, it's because I go on their site and I like look up, read about them. And I, you know, try to find all of these fun things that we have in common. Like I just genuinely want to know about them. 
yes. before I talk to them. So I would say that having guests and it's also a double-sided coin because I hid behind guests for a long, long time so that I wouldn't have to be vulnerable. I wouldn't have to share my own thoughts. I wouldn't have to share anything that wasn't backed by somebody else. Um, so I, is- I hid and I used that for a long time. Co-hosts, guests, like you name it, they they shield me. <laughs> How did you... That's just so relatable to me because I know if I'm going to do an interview, it's going to be a good time while I do it, then I'm going to edit it and it's done. Yeah. And if I'm going to do a solo episode, that shit's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> is. It just is. But I also, it's like I value my own thoughts on things, even though it's so hard for me to get them out of my face. I, I really do value them and like them and want to share them. How did you do that? How did you get sort of past that for yourself? I think it was COVID. Yeah, I think it was COVID when I just (sighs) felt like I had a, I had to share something personal with my audience or like a story I wanted to share that kind of like related to like just I wanted to kind of level with everybody and say like we're all in this together. You know the the cliche now, but back then it was like a new phrase. I love it. Um, and I think that was the first solo episode I did was dur- on the She Built This podcast during COVID. I just was like, look, it's me and you, and the world is scary, and mm. we're probably all dying. But thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I just also feel like that kind of confirms um, in some ways your sexiness and like the best of six, like this real sense that we can be in this together somehow, whatever yeah. this is, there's, there's something so beautiful in that, that I value in sixes so deeply. And then like that courage to kind of get over yourself and do it. Yeah. Just like, it's not easy. <laughs> well done. So then did you enjoy it? You're like, oh, actually like that. I think that one was fine. I think then I kept trying to do them and I would listen back to them and like just cringe. Like if I listen to them now, I'm like, what was I even talking about? But that's where I started learning like, okay, you know, talk about what you're <laughs> like, yes. don't just go on there and ramble, Emily, because that's what I did. And actually, I'm not saying you ramble. You do it really well without nice having... Nice catch, Emily. I no, totally no, no. ramble. <laughs> you do it really well without having that. And I hear a lot of my friends do that. Like my friend Karen Kenny, who weirdly is also a six. She gets on there, hot mic, and just goes and like doesn't edit it. Just It's just like out of her mouth and hits the air. Oh, I edit it. Oh, I edit it. Just that is just hard for me still. Uh, I think even in conversation, sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> So I really do outline my stuff. And that's when I think when I started using that, it just made me feel a little like more eloquent, I'll say. And then I totally. felt more confident. Yeah. And that's how you build confidence is doing something again and again and again and again and again. It doesn't yes. just like... Although happen. I will add, we build confidence by doing something again and again and being kind to ourselves on the back end and telling a positive story. Yeah. If we do something again and again and again, and then we're just mean to ourselves about it, yeah, we don't actually build confidence. That's a good point, actually. It's one of my um, in my confidence series, free video course that you can, <laughs> all sixes can get. That's like step. Uh, it's like the final step. It's like we have to do the hard thing, and then, like you said, have our own back, support ourselves on the back end, and that is how we actually get a sense of ourselves instead of like waiting to see what the outcome is 
which is, um, sure, that might go well for us, but it doesn't solidify that internal sense that I can do what's important to me regardless of outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I literally just like, had to, I had a reaction to myself saying that. It's so scary. It's so scary. I think I experienced that in my uh, recent like sort of traveling and doing like all these speaking things. Like it all was very anxiety producing and I would write down what caused like when I was getting ready for something, I'd be like, write down what causes the stress and what I'm worried about happening because the list was long. And then I would you were coaching yourself. Yes. And then I would come back from the experience. Like, how many of those things happened? Oh, zero of them. And that was sort of exactly to your point of how I would look at it and say like, good job, Emily, (laughs) you did this. And it built a lot of confidence in me. Like I had no idea. I was like, I can't do all this. Okay. I have to highlight what you just said, even though I said it and then you gave an example. I'm hanging out here because this is so freaking important because what so many sixes do is they do the hard thing and it doesn't go as bad as they thought. And so then they say, why did you think that was going to be so hard? Mm-hmm. Why did you spend so much time not doing that? So literally it goes well, and then the brain can automatically use that as a weapon. So what you did, like, I don't even think you realize how resourced that was, what you just <laughs> described, right? It was like, you were like, oh, those things didn't happen. That's a good thing. Is a really cool way that you supported yourself. Because so many sixes don't do that. They're like, that didn't happen. So I'm a big dummy for worrying that they would. One builds confidence. One erodes it over I think over I've spent a lot of years wishing I was not as worried leading up to something. Like, oh, I wish I hadn't been so worried. Yeah. So <laughs> and both. So, yeah, right? It yeah, doesn't have yes. to be one or the other. But yeah. just to highlight that helps yeah. 60 brains be like, oh, okay, wait, am I believing? Am I beating the crap out of myself or am I supporting myself? Because we really can start to see those thoughts and start to actually choose. But until we know, we can't choose. It's not our natural place, I think, to look at what the good, like what the bright light is, right? We're like, we'll find the, the problem or the wrong. That's right. And I think that's another piece of curiosity. It's like, can I look at the bright part and like the part that is actually going well here? Like, or am I just honing in on what is not? And I think that's where you know you are actually being curious and not just judging, basically. I think that's it. I think that we might close with that because (laughs) that's so good. I think the only last thing is just seeing curiosity as the tool, as a tool for like, growth and movement and connection, right? And like, it is that propelling force. Like it is truly the thing that keeps us from being stagnant, stuck where we were yesterday in the loop. And when you see it like that, it's like, oh, why why wouldn't I, in a nice way, why wouldn't I do this? Why wouldn't I explore this? To Yes, 100%. And I think to answer that question that you just posed, why wouldn't I is actually an important question Mm -hmm. because that's where I think we start. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I do in coaching. It's like, because some people might have an answer of like, well, I don't want to be wrong. It's too Mm -hmm. scary for me to actually admit that I don't know something. It's too scary for me to set down my worldview that I fully understand 
this situation, this person, how things should be. So I love that you asked it that way. And I actually really encourage people to actually answer that question because you might find some things that could be tweaked or loosened or worked on that you just don't even know are there. I love it. I'm I'm going to journal on it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I totally <laughs> I think it's really powerful because we can set something up and it can be like, oh yeah, I want to do that. But it can also be like, especially for sixes, like I, I didn't know I wasn't being curious and now I see that I wasn't. And why am I not? Because it's actually very scary, potentially. But then, but then that can kind of be massaged and then a whole new world can open up actually. Oh my gosh. I think we just single-handedly changed the world through this episode. I mean, I kind of <laughs> As knew we knew happen. we would. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's close it. Let's land, land the plane. All right. This was amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. So good me. to this meet you. So good to know you. This is just super fun. And I think, yeah, I think we just put something good out there. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Sixes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope you got some food for thought for you to be genuinely curious about with yourself and how you relate to others. I mentioned my confidence course in there. You can always grab that in the show notes or off my website. Send me a message. Tell me what you think. And I'll talk to you all next week.